gotta go when you're ready to risk a gas station bathroom. It's your last chance. I want to spend time with your family. Mom and I, it just gets weird. It's sort of like a mix of Christmas and Halloween. What relation would your father, sister, sister-in-law be to you? Your mother. Bingo! <laughs> Give your mother a big hug. You disguise yourself, tell a riddle, and people have to guess who you are. For Mummer's Night, you just let strangers walk into your house wearing masks. How do you know if you can impress someone? An enemy disguised as a friend. Someone just don't want us to leave. Pretty girl. <laughs> we just want to play. People take the scaring thing way too far. Jalen? Is someone out to get us? Could have been anyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike. Joining me as always, it's Mr. Venom. How's it going, Venom? Greetings and salutations, Nepo babies. Eh, I couldn't think of anything better for this one. Should I have gone with rich bitches? I don't know. I'm going to stick You've with used that one before. You've used that one before. I mean, it's, yeah, not worth coming to come up with anything. it's not worth coming yeah. up with anything original for this. No, valid. Very valid. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, how the hell are you doing, Mike? I'm doing all right. Yeah. I'm I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Um, it feels like springtime up here already, but that's a conversation for another time. So, also with us, it's Don and Ellie. What's up, Don? Yeah, what's going on? Always happy to be here. All right. Uh, so, I'm going to just be up front with the listeners. We were at a severe lack of options this week, which is which is kind of odd. Usually when we have to turn to VOD, maybe it's just because we're still at the beginning of the year, so the releases haven't piled up yet, like they probably will in another month or two. So we were kind of at a loss, like, what are we going to cover? For some reason, there's a lot of, like, 2023 movies uh, that dropped that, like, we thought, oh, these might be options, but then we looked at, like, when they actually released, and they aren't 2024. So we had to turn to an option we don't use too much, and that's Tubi, uh, because for some reason Tubi doesn't have any trouble putting out these new releases. <laughs> um, and we settled on one called Guess Who, uh, labeled as a Tubi original, and the synopsis is as follows. A family visit turns deadly when a psychotic killer hiding behind an unusual tradition shows up with one target in mind. Uh, Synopsis-wise, doesn't sound too bad, but let's see if the movie delivers uh, behind that. So we will start with our general thoughts. Venom, what did you think of Guess Who? This is this is kind of an odd movie because I'm not going to say that the movie's objectively bad, but it's incredibly frustrating. This is an incredibly frustrating story with no likable characters. Like, I'm very upset with a movie like this that even the protagonist, 
is not very likable, you know, for one reason or another. I'll get I'll get more into that in the uh, the the walkthrough. But like right from the start, like this this relationship just seems really weird. Like she she's kind of forcing herself on her fiance's kind of Christmas vacation. You know, it's not it's not like he invited her. She kind of, uh, you know, invited herself, if you will, because, yes, they were engaged and she hadn't met their family yet. And then the whole trip, like the whole road trip there, it just it's building this hate for these two characters because they're both so unlikable. You know, I mean, um, I forgot our main character's name already. Uh, Caitlin, Caitlin. She she does come off as a very sweet person, but some of her decision-making in the movie really bothers me. And I, again, you know, she comes from a rich family, you know, a good environment. She's not exactly used to pressure situations like this. So I guess I can give her a, a tiny little bit of concession. But overall, it's just, I don't know, it's after a few minutes, like literally within 15 minutes of the movie, you can kind of figure out what exactly is going on. And then as they give you more and more clues to more and more people within this community being a part of some plot that we're not, you know, privy to until the third act. But I don't know. I, this movie just didn't really work for me. I, I, I ended up just yelling at it more often than not. I'm screaming, why is no one calling the police? Uh, you know, when there's the first kind of reveal in the movie, it's like it seemed like it would be a perfect situation to just call the police and squash the entire thing right here and now. Um, and obviously, we get as the movie goes along, we get more revelations as to maybe why those things were happening earlier in the film. But it just makes the movie such a frustrating watch that first time that – I literally spent about 75% of the uh, duration of the film yelling at characters in the screen. Like, why is, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? Where's mama? Like literally there's a character named mama in this movie who seems like she's going to be a fairly major character. And then she disappears for 40 minutes. It's like, what, what the fuck is going on? I just, uh, and then once you actually get to the end of the movie and you get the whole reveal, it's, it's just another one of those ridiculous plots that, has too many places where the plot can go wrong and at least in this situation it does go wrong fairly badly and so so the realism is kind of there but i don't know like i said i i i I sound cryptic as shit right now and i understand that but um ultimately it's not a terrible movie it's not terribly shot it's not terribly directed i'm not going to say it's written very well the story is pretty like the story has potential it there could have been something cool happening but uh i don't know and and then the movie for three quarters of the movie it feels like there's two different movies happening it feels like there's the movie with the community kind of you know uh playing a prank on this new girl and then there's a killer going around killing people fairly indiscriminately um you know we, we do get an explanation by the end of why People were killed and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's just not a very satisfying explanation. So ultimately, I I can't really say too many good things about this movie. It's on Tubi, so it's free. We're at a severe lack for good movies in 2024. So if you're looking for 2024 movies, I I couldn't necessarily say don't watch this one because sadly – even with all the issues I have with this movie, it's sadly one of the better movies in 2024. And this is a, a 
I've said this before on previous top 10 shows where I don't like to really be a naysayer for a particular year in horror, but I got to say, my friends, I've been a podcaster for eight years now. This is the first full month in a year that we've, that I remember going through where we didn't even get one legitimately quality film, at least something that I can, you know, and I'm sure some people like Destroy All Neighbors and some people like Night Swim and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if you're a regular listener of the show, you know how we feel about all the 2024 movies so far. And I have to voice this now. It's like we're now one twelfth of the way through this year and we've yet to watch a good fucking horror movie. That's concerning. That's legitimately concerning. So I'm sorry I kind of veered off the review for our movies to talk about 2024, but um, even someone like me who doesn't like to be a naysayer just can't avoid it. I have not seen a good movie, a good horror film in 2024 so far, and that is really, really disheartening. So I'm just going to leave it at that and say, um, guess who is – I can't even say it's an okay movie. I mean, I guess if you're 15 years old and you're just getting into horror, you might dig it. But, I mean, any any seasoned horror fan is probably going to see through this movie fairly quickly, like I did, within 15 to 20 minutes. And then the rest of it is just waiting for it to get to the end so I can finally hit stop and go back to doing something I enjoy. So, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that and say guess who is uh, not a very serviceable slasher. Um, not really much in the kill department. I mean, there's only like a, there's only really like two or three kills and, um, like one of them is a gunshot. So that's not very exciting. And, uh, I don't know. It just, yeah, there's just nothing to praise about this movie. You know what I mean? Like I can't call the movie good or solid, but there's just nothing to praise about it. It's one of those movies that you question why the hell was this even made? So yeah, for me, uh, another miss for 2024, sadly. I'll leave it at that for general thoughts. All right. I'll toss it over to Mr. Donna Nelly. What did you think of Guess Who? Um, I will be a little bit more positive, um, although I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, yeah, this is in my top five of the year, and it's really not that good. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're we haven't really had um, you know much of anything that I would say is like a you know real must watch kind of a thing. I mean, uh, the my highest rated film right now is a the six out of ten. So it, I, I mean, come on guys, let's get it together here. Um, as for the film, I I, I will say I, I do like the central setup. I, I think there's some idea here with this Mummer Day the celebration that they kind of play out here. I, I, I think that's uh, an intriguing idea. Um, this, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if I should really spoil what it is yet, but I, I do think that concept uh, has some kind of weird potential to, you know, be like a background kind of a thing for a, a better film than this, frankly. Um, I, I, I think my main issue is that I wanted this to be something that it's not. And I don't like where this goes in the third act. I, I think that's my main issue is that I, I think the first two thirds were setting up to be something interesting. Um, you know, this, you know, this guy coming back home to meet his parents and, you know, uh, the friends friend group that he left behind, you know, he's got this new girl with him. That's exactly the opposite of what's going on in the community. You know, again, I'm trying to be kind of vague about it, but 
you know, they, they have their celebrations and their traditions. And then, you know, they, they've got this whole mummer day thing that they're, that's, you know, going on in the background. And, you know, then you start seeing this, you know, hints of this mass killer, you know, interfering and everything. I kind of wanted that to be honest, this, you know, mass killer going around with all of these people and their celebrations and all of these, you know, outfits and get-ups that are kind of like obscuring their identities and making it, you know, like impossible to figure out who is who. I wanted that movie. I, I wanted, you know, a, a straightforward slasher, which unfortunately the third act of this kind of takes it away from. I, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, get yelled at for spoiling things too much, but the third act of this is just kind of, it, it, it feels like it's from a different movie altogether. Like it's a twist to be a twist that doesn't necessarily need to be there. Like I, I, I understand where it's coming from, but man, I, I just wanted the slasher, the, the the promise of the slasher setup that it had, and it just goes off in a different direction, and it's not where I, I wanted it to go, and it just kind of derails the interest and it derails the momentum. And yeah, I, I mean, you know, we'll talk about it more, but I, I, I thought the idea had potential. I thought there was something for. You know, this to be like a cheesy, goofy for, you know, just goofy slasher film that, you know, it, it has this cool concept and there's this intriguing idea behind it. But, yeah, it just evolves in the third act and it just doesn't really have a chance to get back on get back on track. Yeah, not I, I can't say that this is, you know, a must watch of any kind. Um Yeah, 2024 is not looking so hot so far. I, I mean, granted, I'm only a six or seven, but yeah, I, I haven't seen anything that I would say is, you know, a must watch or really good. Um, there, you know, there's some I've tolerated more than others, but yeah, 2024 is not looking real bright so far, but uh, I did the fear of uh, spoiling everything. I guess that's all for me. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, after I watched this movie, I was kind of looking around for reviews, which when it comes to a Tubi original, especially a brand new one, it's not surprising that reviews were kind of few and far between. But one I agreed with a little bit was if you isolate out the first 45 minutes, it's something potential, like potentially to be okay. Because I think like what Don was alluding to um, – Main characters set up of like going to a small town. It looks like we're gonna get like your basic fish out of water. Someone from the small town doesn't like an outsider or whatever kind of dynamic they go for, and someone's running around killing. Which would have been better than like what tried to do. Yes. Um, so what I'll say is like. that much horror like there's a couple maybe quasi jump scare moments or you know what you would call horror at least i was like okay well we'll see what they do with this and i think it's about uh, about 45 festival i think at that point is like the main crossroads in the movie like okay we this is either setting up something 
much more a convoluted mess. And unfortunately, we get a convoluted mess, and the movie never really covers uh, at all. And especially like that last, oh man, like the last fifteen or so minutes when like all the reveals start happening, it's just like, what are you guys doing? Like, no, you. You didn't. You shouldn't have even done this. You should have kept it basic and simple. Because like, like me and Ven- uh, me and Venom and maybe even Don have said it before. There's nothing wrong with basic if you make it good. If you do it well, I don't care. Give me something basic. I give me someone in a mask running around killing people. I don't care as long as you do it good. But th- this made one of the cardinal mistakes of like, there's just not much story there, and you try to hand fist in a bunch of like turns and twists and and care well, and reveals and it's just it's it doesn't work for me and it, well, it ended idea, up kind of just being dull well there is potential here i mean it, it, there is the idea of the you know the, the secondary storyline about the family you know doing what they do and you know that being the subplot of it but the thing is is that they turn that into the main plot of the film and it undermines a lot of what had been built up where the, the idea of the mass killer going around killing people should have been the main focus of it. And then I don't even, I, I don't know if you guys realize this. I don't even remember who the killer actually is. Oh yeah. I don't even, yeah. I don't even yeah. think that they actually reveal that. Cause I don't even, I, I, I can't even remember, you know, they, they handle what they do. And, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I, I hate being vague about this cause we haven't gotten to the spoiler section yet. But they they do have the one interaction, you know, the unmasking sequence in the barn where he, you know, he takes her. But I don't remember there actually being anything about the killer because they stumble upon the bodies after the fact, and they they have the sequence where they find him in the the other guy's house, mm-hmm. which it seems to set up that there's you know a killer running around that's not connected to the family. But I don't ever remember them actually saying who the killer actually was and what was actually going on there. They don't say it in so many words, but I think it's very implied with a conversation at the end of the movie. Well, we'll talk okay. about it more during the spoiler section. Yeah, yeah like I said, I, we, I, we, we know who the killer is, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, maybe I was glancing down for notes or something, but yeah, I, I don't remember them actually revealing who it was. But, yeah, I think the main idea is that I think the killer going around killing people really should have been the main focus of this and not the, you know, family antics, which, again, spoiler alert, so I'm not going to say that. But I, I, I don't like that it, you know, turns focus away from that into the family, which I don't think is that interesting. So. Yeah, Don, you're 100% correct. I mean, they make it they make it seem like the killer is completely separate from the family, like it's a whole like it's a whole another B story that has nothing to do with the first one. They could have done some very simple things to kind of bring the stories together, like, you know, why not give us a scene of the killer stalking Caitlin? Even if he had no intention of killing her, at least if we see that scene of the killer stalking Caitlin, then we can start to put the A and B stories together and be like, ah, okay, rather than having to wait for the stupid reveal in the third act. So, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with Don. There's just way better ways that they could have done this, where they could have combined the two stories. Obviously, the two stories come together at the third act. You know, we, we've kind of all alluded to that, but... They could have done a lot better job of making them feel like they come from the same place, like they have something to do with each other. And yeah, that's where the that's just one of the many places where the movie fails. 
Uh, but I'm sorry, Mike, back to you. We interrupted your uh, general thoughts. I mean, yes, I sir. really didn't have that. Yeah, it's okay. I didn't. I didn't really have that much more. Just, the, just the fact that, like, I thought, you know, for being like a lower budget to be original, I thought, okay, at least at the thirty forty minute mark, I was like, okay, even though we haven't got a lot of horror yet, you've you've kind of set the foundation where if you if you really give us like a blitzkrieg of like horror in the last thirty minutes, it's it'll make it worth it, but it, they just weren't able to deliver. So ultimately, yeah, it's it's not something I can really recommend, um, unfortunately. Yep. And, and to Venom's uh, comment he made at the very beginning about 2024, yeah, it's not looking good so far, and it's not, it's not just what we've watched on Fresh Cuts. Like, usually, oh. you know, there's a whole bunch of movies we're watching in the background that aren't covered on here that we're like, okay, those are good. But, like, I haven't really seen anything. That's, one, there just hasn't been a ton of stuff, period. But, two, like, even stuff I'm trying to seek out, uh, not so much those either. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's not looking good <laughs> one month in. Yeah. I've, def- I've only seen about eight movies so far this year, and – the worst couple that I've watched, we have not covered on Fresh Cuts, thankfully. I mean, the worst movie I've seen this year, I, I literally have no idea what I watched, but that's a conversation for another day. I may bring it up on the next main show. In fact, I'm, it's guaranteed to be brought up on the next main show, so check that out. But yeah, 2024, man, what's going on? I, I know January is not supposed to be a great month for horror, but like I said, Every year that I've been podcasting the last eight years, there's always been at least one really good movie to come out in January, you know, be it something like Jordan Peele's Us or VFW or um, uh, the um, the Hansel and Gretel movie. I totally forgot the name of it from a few Gretel years ago. Um, Gretel and – oh, right. That was it. It was just the names backwards. <laughs> yeah, like that was a January release too. Um, so like I said – Eight years in a row, I've always gotten at least one good movie in January, and this is the first year of my podcasting that I don't have one, and it it worries me. I mean, this is something I've never experienced. I mean, not to say that we've never gone four episodes in a row and not liked any of the movies, but this is the first time that literally it's the first four episodes of the year, and we've got nothing to really say, ooh, maybe 2024 might be a good year. I mean, yeah, there's lots of stuff on the horizon that we know about that's coming, but, man, this month was rough. um, I'm actually glad it's over (laughs) for a lot more reasons than just horror movies, but still. (laughs) Oh, man. um, Yeah, uh, Venom, uh, even even on top of that, even going outside of horror, the best non-horror movies I've watched were actually 2023, like, indie movies that just didn't get released here till this year. So I can't even say non-horror either. No, it's true. Yeah, you're right. I don't. I can't even think of a, a big theatrical movie to come out this month that, you know, has made any kind of splash anywhere. Yeah, everything is – it's all the Oscar bait that came out, like, in late 2023. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um. Mummering. Uh, I didn't talk about mummering at all during my general thoughts, and I actually did mean to because I agree with Don. I love that concept. That concept is tailor-made for a slasher to be made around it, especially the concept of having people walk into your house uninvited with masks on to ask you a riddle. And, well, and they the never – Yeah, start uh-huh. from the beginning and explain it, yeah, because I – I, I, didn't, yeah, basically, I didn't mention anything yet. 
Right, right, right. Um, basically, mummering, uh, right at the start of the movie, there is a uh, a little bit of text on screen that explains what mummering is. And what mummering is, is uh, people will put on costumes and masks to hide their identity. Then, uh, and this happens one night a year, by the way. This isn't like a common occurrence. Um, and then on that night, People, like I said, the people in the community will leave their doors unlocked and these masked people will come into their house uninvited and then tell them a riddle. If the person gets the riddle correct, then the mummer will expose their identity. They'll be like, oh, you got me. It's, you know, it's Michael or it's Johnny or whatever the case may be. Um, and then if you don't get the riddle correct, the mummer is supposed to just leave without, uh, you know, revealing their identity but i mean isn't that tailor made for a fucking slasher all these people in an entire community allowing masked assailants to walk into their house uninvited it's like that is a perfect setup for a slasher and this movie blew it (laughs) i was on board with that the second i saw what the thing with the concept was i was like oh okay we're getting something good here yeah because i and the fact that oh go ahead i I was thinking Mm -hmm. home invasion actually i didn't think it was a I didn't think slasher. I thought it was like a weird home invasion thing. That's what I was thinking too. Yep. 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 But it's true. I mean, what a great little concept. Um, You know, whether mummering is a real thing that happens in the real world. I literally just finished the movie before we started the show. So unfortunately I didn't get to do uh, the normal research that I do, but um, if mummering is a real thing, it sounds fun, but it also sounds like I said, like an invitation to let people walk into your house Rob, kill, steal, it just, it it seems a little iffy, but again, this is a trailer park community, and for those of you who've never lived in a trailer park community, those communities are usually very tight-knit, you know, they're very suspicious of strangers, outsiders, if you will, Um, not to say that I've ever lived on a trailer park, but I know people who have, Um, I currently know someone who lives in a trailer park out here in California, and even though they're very friendly outgoing people once you get to know them when you're first there yeah you can you can feel the eyes staring at you they're wondering what are you know what is this normie doing here you know he looks like he has money he's got no reason to be here blah 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 um so it is an interesting dynamic and like don said it seems like it would be tailor-made to give us a nice fun slasher of all these families just getting wrecked um, you know, give us some cool original kills, m- maybe go over the top with the gore a little bit. Hell, there's even uh, there's even elements that could turn this into a horror comedy, too, if you put enough, um, you know, funny, likable characters in it. But, yeah, this movie drops the ball on almost every aspect of a slasher. Um, I, another thing I liked about the mummering is that everyone makes their own costume. So it's not like a common mask and a common costume. Everybody has something different. So like, you know, one guy might be dressed as a clown, but then the next person might be like a medieval knight or another person. Our, our main character was given a fox costume where she had like a, the fox god, the, the Megatsune mask put on her. Uh, that's for baby metal fans. You guys know what I'm talking about. Everyone else thinks I'm crazy, but don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I understand that there's a great concept here, but it's just I, – I, I've already said they dropped the ball like three times, but it's really like the best, uh, uh, you know, phrase I can think of. There's just – there's not a whole lot to praise about this movie. There, you know, no, there's no great acting performances. Like I said, the only character that I actually started to like early on was Mama, and she ends up, you know, just, just like Mr. Jackson uh, – 
uh, what last week with Founders Day. The only likable character in the whole movie still turns out to be a piece of shit. So it just kind of fucks you up. Um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, there's just not really a whole lot with this movie. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to say before we get into our what I imagine will be a very quick walkthrough? Um, I'm good. Yeah. Um, get your running shoes on, that's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's go ahead and start. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, our movie opens up with some on-screen text explaining what murmuring is, like I just explained. Um, so this is a tradition that this particular community uh, participates in every year. After we get the text on screen, we are introduced to... Uh, what was the let's see Caitlin is the girl's name I forgot the guy's name already Michael duh Michael uh we're introduced to Michael and Caitlin they are a couple we learn early on that they are going to visit his family and she's meeting them for the first time and she's a little bit nervous and already I'm not liking this couple like I said just from their conversation it seems like she's a little bit overbearing like she kind of forced herself into this situation like he never actually invited her to come over for to to his house she just kind of imposed her will so instantly she comes off as not very likable um and then also on multiple times throughout that opening scene where they're just driving he says do you want to just turn around and go home it's like why don't you listen to the person who knows what they're fucking talking about? Like, he's the one who comes from this community. He's the one who knows his family. If he's saying things like, I'm nervous and I don't know if this is going to work out and I don't think anybody's going to like you, it's like, why not just listen to him? Like, why do you always have to prove people wrong? Why do you have to be right? Can't you just concede, you know, every now and again? So instantly I'm already pissed off at these two characters. They're already unlikable. I already want to see both of them get cut in half. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, we get to a gas station. They stop for gas. Uh, while there, Caitlin goes to the bathroom. Uh, in the bathroom, there turns out to be a masked assailant wearing what looks like a pillowcase with eye holes cut into it. Uh, it seems like he's attacking her in the bathroom. She's able to get away, get away as in get out, get outside of the bathroom. He follows her, throws her up against the wall, and then takes her gold chain. Like, it, all, it almost seems like this was a robbery. Maybe it was a robbery. Maybe he wanted to kill her and just decided to take the necklace and leave. Because as soon as Michael hears the commotion, he comes around the corner. The assailant runs off with Caitlin's necklace. She ends up punching him in the face. Um, but, but, of course, like I said, he's wearing a mask, so she has no idea who the guy is, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we've already established, and again, at this point, even after this girl is assaulted and robbed, Michael again says, let's go home, let's just go home, let's just turn around and forget about this, and again, she's like, no, 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 I want to meet your family, let's just go on with it, so, yeah, I don't feel bad for anybody in this movie, fuck them all. Anyway. Uh, when we finally get to the community, it is a trailer park community. When they first get there, they meet a creepy guy in a Santa Claus costume. Honestly, when you're an outsider, everybody in the trailer park is creepy. No offense, I assure you, but it's just the way it is. You know, you got a guy in a Santa Claus costume playing acoustic guitar in front of his trailer. It just, it's got deliverance vibes, my friends. So, yeah. Eventually, they get to the mom's house. Um, we find out that Michael's mom is actually white. Michael and Caitlin are both black, by the way, if that hasn't you know, been plainly obvious. 
Um, when we get there, we find out that Michael's mother is actually a white Irish woman who is very excited for the mum, the mumming or mummering that's going to be happening that night. It's, it's, a, it's a, like I said, the whole community gets involved and everybody's excited for it and blah, blah, blah. And as the evening goes along, Caitlin meets more and more of Michael's family. They meet, uh, she meets his brother, Bobby, who it's his older brother who spent some time in jail. So he's kind of got that kind of, uh, grizzled look to him. Kind of, I hate to say gangster because that might come off as kind of racist. I don't mean to be racist, but let's just say he doesn't look like the most upstanding citizen. Uh, we are also introduced to his sister, Sophia. Um, so there's three siblings with uh, with mom, dad. Unfortunately, we find out uh, committed suicide after the factory in town closed. Um, apparently, a few years earlier, there was like one factory in town that was employing most of the people in the trailer park. That factory ended up getting closed, leaving multiple people without jobs and money. And unfortunately, uh, Michael and Sophia's father ended up committing suicide out of depression. So, you know, we're kind of caught up on backstory now. At this point, uh, they go to the they go to a couple of parties. Um, there's various parties happening throughout the trailer park at different trailers. And then people that aren't having parties are, you know, like I said, allowing people to walk in to ask them riddles. At the parties, you'll be confronted with people, masked people asking you questions, blah, blah, blah. And obviously with Caitlin being uh, a rich girl who's, you know, not, maybe not used to trailer park life and not used to this type of community um, get together. She obviously is the stranger in a strange land, the fish out of water situation. Um, multiple times throughout the movie, she ends up getting separated from Michael and getting scared. Like there'll be scenes where people will stalk her, maybe not with the intention of killing her. At, at least we don't think so. Just with the intention of, you know, again, she's the fish out of water. She's the new meat. They even call her the fresh meat in the movie. So obviously this whole community is very aware that this woman's going to be here for mummering day. Um, after after getting into town and Michael, you know, meeting with some of his friends, um, and Mama Goss is kind of giving them the tour of the trailer park, uh, Mama Goss just indiscriminately buys a bag of weed off a guy, middle of the day, out in the street, you know, nothing, you know, like like it's legal, which it probably is in that state since it's legal in so many states now. Um, but then Caitlin notices that the guy selling them drugs has a mark on his face, like somebody had punched him. Then she looks down at his clothes and recognizes the clothes that he's, she, that he's wearing, and instantly she freaks out. She's like, that's the guy. That's the guy that robbed me at the gas station. The guy obviously recognized her instantly because he's got a freaked out look on his face. Um, she ends up grabbing his bag of drugs from him, dumping it out on the street, and finding her necklace, which actually had like a nice diamond like uh, pendant on it. So but it definitely wasn't a cheap gold necklace by any stretch. Um, th this guy's name is Warren. Um, his buddy gets mad at him for supposedly almost fucking up the plan. So already we're starting to get an idea that this community is, has some kind of plot going um, either against Michael or Caitlin or both more than likely Caitlin, like I said. But um, 
after Warren gets yelled at by his buddy, who seems to be like the alpha of the pair, uh, we find out that they're actually marijuana growers. Uh, back at their house, they've got all these plants. They've got buds drying in the background, like hanging in the background, um, just plants everywhere. So obviously they're the community drug dealers. Um, he gets yelled at a little bit more by his buddy Warren, I mean, the one who took the necklace. His buddy ends up leaving, telling Warren, no, you're banned from um, Mummering Night. You're going to stay right here, and you're just, you know, just get fucked up. Do not leave this house, blah, blah, blah. Warren concedes and says, okay, I'll stay home. While there that day, he's taking care of some plants, doing some pruning, uh, and then somebody walks in with a costume on and a mask. And obviously Warren thinks it's his buddy. It's not his buddy. Um, after the person, uh, the murmur, or mummer, excuse me, I keep saying murmur, uh, the mummer, <laughs> after the mummer asks his riddle, uh, Warren didn't have an answer, so the killer basically takes a pair of shears, and shears were act- was actually the answer to the riddle. He asked the riddle specifically because he saw a pair of shears on the counter. Then he picks up the shears, stabs Warren in the temple, and he falls dead. Not not a great kill, but, you know, whatever. It's something. Um, and then that evening, like I said, they're all at the, mur- at the mummering parties. Um, and at the party, the guy, uh, Warren's partner, uh, he ends up getting dispatched again by our same killer who – did you guys notice that he every time he killed somebody he got blood on him, but on the very next scene he had no blood on his mask? Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hated that. Every single kill. It's like, what did you go home and wash your mask? What the fuck? Or do you have eight of them lined up? Which I guess is a possibility, but goddamn, that was annoying. <laughs> okay. So eventually, like I said, uh, Caitlin gets separated from Michael. She ends up getting stalked by these three uh, mummers. She ends up getting away from them and catching up to Michael um, later on. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, and then they try to go back to the car. Basically, Caitlin's had enough. She's like, okay, I'm done with mummering for the night. Uh, I, I'm ready to go. Can we go home? And Michael is like, yeah, yeah, let's get out of here. But when they get back to his car, his car has been spray painted. All the windows have been spray painted. Michael tries to say that, oh, it's just kids doing mummering night pranks. You know, it's, it's fairly common. But then Caitlin looks at the parking lot, and Michael's car is literally the only one that got touched. Every other car in the parking lot is spotless, immaculate. No one touched it. So... You know, she even has the line in this scene, I feel like this is targeted. Well, guess what? Anyway, so because they're unable to drive home that night because of the spray paint on the windshields, uh, they decide to stay with his sister, Sophia, and her girlfriend, Taylor. Um, and that night, after um, Sophia and Taylor go to bed, uh, when they're in bed, they start talking about, oh, I actually like this girl. I kind of feel bad for what we have to do. So, you know, again, you're getting little pieces of information as the movie goes along, letting you know that this community is up to something. We don't know what yet, but they're up to something. Maybe not the whole community, but at least this kind of central group around Michael and his family. All right, so <laughs> that night, uh, while uh, Michael and uh, Caitlin are staying at Sophia and Taylor's house, 
Sophia and Taylor end up drugging them. They end up giving them tea for the, to help them calm down uh, from a night of mummering. They both end up passing out. They're drugged. Michael ends up coming to first, and Caitlin's gone. She's nowhere to be found. He doesn't know what the hell's going on, blah, blah, blah. So he starts running around the trailer park looking for her. Finally, he goes back to his brother's house. Or I'm not sure if it's his brother's house or Sophia's house, whoever's house it is. But he basically ends up going somewhere where his brother Bobby is on the phone with someone. And what we hear Bobby say is, no, 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 I want a million dollars or you're never going to see your daughter alive again. He says this in front of Michael, in, in plain sight of Michael. Michael has walked into the room. And then finally the guy says, look, either bring me $800,000 or we're sending your daughter back in pieces, something along those lines. Then he hangs up. So this is our first reveal of the film, that the plot that this community is doing, it is a kidnap and ransom plot. Basically, they're kidnapping Caitlin, calling her father, who is rich, as we've already established, and trying to get a ransom from him. Um, and it's because, you know, they live in a trailer park and they're all pissed off, at least at this point. That's what we know, that they're, they're all just mad. And fucking hypocrites in this movie. I can't stand hypocrites in these types of movies. Everybody in this community literally talks about what a piece of shit this trailer park is and how nobody wants to be here and how hard it is to live. But then they all resent Michael for leaving. It's like Michael had the fucking ambition and initiative to get the fuck out of that town and better himself, and everyone hates him now. But yet, in the same breath, they'll talk about how shitty the place is and how terrible it is to live there. So it just just more reasons that this movie makes no fucking sense, or at least the characters in the movie make no fucking sense. So we've got the reveal now that it's a kidnapping plot. Michael is aware, and he... At this point, he's just pissed off. This is the point where I'm like, why don't you just call the cops? Like, that's a simple solution right there. Call the cops. Your brother and sister get arrested. You and Caitlin get to leave. And then the night's over. Bam. Done. Now, obviously, <laughs> there is a reason why the police aren't called. But at this point in the movie, on first watch, you don't know what the hell it is. And it's just frustrating. I'm literally yelling at the television, why the fuck doesn't someone call the cops? Everyone is aware of the plot. Eventually, Michael finds Caitlin tied up in a garage, um, and there's someone there in a mummering costume uh, kind of watching her. Uh, Michael is able to get into the garage. Uh, he basically knocks out the person, the mummer in the mask, and then he, you know, unties Caitlin. While he's untying Caitlin, the mummer starts to come too. You hear him kind of, well, murmuring, <laughs> like they're just coming out of being passed out. Michael freaks the fuck out, jumps on top of the person, and starts slamming their fucking head on the ground to the point where you can hear skull cracking and eventually you do see a pool of blood start to develop underneath the person once michael is satisfied that the the that the mummer is dead he gets off the person and he's catching his breath caitlin then gets up and pulls the mask off the person who's been holding her and it's fucking taylor it's sophia's girlfriend um and she's very obviously dead her skull is cracked into a thousand pieces so she's gone at this point, Michael basically explains everything to Caitlin that his brother and sister apparently are trying to, you know, I mean, we don't see this on screen, 
Um, but on, in the very next scene, Caitlin is aware of everything that's going on, who all the players are. She's not 100% trustful of Michael because it is Michael's family, so she's kind of weary. She's still trusting Michael for the most part, but she is kind of weary. Okay, so basically after they get away from the garage, they end up going back to the grow house, uh, Warren's house, where you know where the cannabis was being grown because he has a truck and a gun that they could potentially use and get the fuck out of town. When they get there, they can't find anything, uh, but then they finally they open like a closet door, and in the closet on the floor is Warren and his buddy, uh, both of the cannabis growers, dead. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, at this point, Michael is defending his brother and sister, saying, look, they're pieces of shit, but they are not murderers. I, because Caitlin obviously instantly thinks, oh, my God, they're not only kidnapping me, they're killing everybody around me, uh, you know, people who might fuck up the plan or whatever. Is that the case? Well, we'll find out in a little bit. Eventually, Sophia does catch up to them at Warren's house. Um, they, they do end up finding Warren's gun and the keys to his truck. And as they're leaving, Sophia shows up with a knife in her hand. And she's crying. And she basically is saying, what the fuck? You killed Taylor. You killed my girlfriend. And, you know, in Michael's defense, he didn't know it was Taylor when, when he killed her. But at the same time, they're keeping Caitlin against her will. And another reason that this movie kind of frustrates me is that, like, Bobby and Sophia, the brother and sister, Michael's brother and sister, they're so nonchalant about this plan to kidnap this girl and collect the, the, the ransom. It's like, it's almost like they didn't really put any thought into it. They just kind of came up with it maybe one Saturday during a drunken stupor, and they're like, oh, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Because, again, these plots... They're not hard to get out of. They're not hard to figure out, you know, for the cops, like, you know, to trace a call or to, you know, do countless other things. It just it's such a hollow plan and and it's borderline stupid, honestly. Okay, so um, at this point, Sophia has the knife and Caitlin has Warren's gun in her hand at one point before Sophia got there. Michael asked her, do you want me to hold the gun? And she kind of went, no, I'm good. The first fucking smart decision she made the whole movie, not to give Michael the gun. And why was it a smart decision? Because as we find out in this same scene, Michael was a little bit more aware of the plan than he let on. Um, He obviously played innocent early on, like when he first... Uh, walked in on Bobby and Sophia on the phone, you know, he kind of played it off as he didn't know what was going on, but it seems like he was a little bit more in the know. And then they start talking about, well, who killed Warren and everybody else in town? Not to say that they found the bodies of, like, you know, creepy Santa Claus or anybody else that's been killed at this point, Um, just the two guys that grow the weed. So Sophia basically says, oh, honey, do you are you really believing everything that Michael has been telling you? And then that's when we get another reveal that this is very much like a get out situation. If you remember Get Out, Chris Washington in that movie was targeted by his white girlfriend. Well, same thing. It turns out that Michael targeted this girl because of her money. Basically, it, it, as it turns out, Michael is just as sick of living in the trailer park, living with no money as everybody else in that town. And the reason he fucking left was to target this particular girl. Why this particular girl? 
we'll go over that in a little bit. But for now, it's just the understanding that she's rich. They can do the kidnap and ransom plot and potentially get some money. Because uh, as it turns out, Mama Goss actually does have like a pile of hospital bills in her house. So obviously she has some condition. We never really find out what it is, but she's got some condition that's costing her a lot of money. So this is what Sophia and Bobby come up with is this plan to get money. But as this conversation goes along and Sophia looks at Caitlin and says, do you really think that my brother wouldn't kill somebody that gets in the way? And she's instantly like, well, why would Michael kill these two guys? And she's like, because they got in the way of the plan. Warren stole your necklace, which almost fucked up the entire plan because you, any normal person would have wanted to go back home after that. But you, being the aggressive bitch that you are, <laughs> continues pushing forward. And... And then the other guy, um, same thing, because he is aware that Warren took this necklace and almost fucked up the plot. Michael ends up killing him as well. So this is where we get the reveal. Michael is the killer. He's the guy that we've been seeing kill people um, kind of throughout the movie. He killed creepy Santa Claus. He killed the drug dealers. He's killed basically everybody that's died in this movie so far. And it's all under the guise of making sure that the kidnapping and ransom plot doesn't get fucked up. All right, so, of course, there's a, a big um, face-off. Like I said, Sophia has a knife, Chris, Caitlin has a gun, and Michael is just standing there unarmed with the keys to the truck. Eventually, Sophia says something along the lines of, well, we can't keep any loose ends because obviously we're not going to get the money now we're not going to be able to continue with the kidnapping plot but we also can't have you talking about what we tried to do so Sophia does eventually try to attack her like and and when Caitlin pulls up the gun Sophia instantly looks at her and laughs and says oh honey you're not the type of person to shoot somebody in their face <laughs> right before Caitlin shoots her in the fucking face so yeah there you go again Finally, Caitlin's waking up and making some decent fucking decisions, finally. So, at this point, Sophia is dead, and then Bobby shows up, um, the other brother, uh, Michael and Sophia's brother. Bobby shows up. He finds his sister dead on the ground. He sees his brother with a gun in his hand, because at this point, he's taken the gun away from Caitlin. He's disarmed her. And... Bobby basically says, you actually sided with this bitch over your own flesh and blood? Are you fucking kidding? They end up getting into a fight. Michael ends up bludgeoning him to death, basically just punching him over and over until you hear that skull crack that we all know and love. Um, so, yeah, both brother and sister are dead. And then what does Michael do? He turns around and he blames Caitlin for his family being dead, just like a good fucking psychotic criminal. Uh, literally blames her for his brother and sister now being dead. And like I said, he understands that at this point, the plan is fucked. She's not going to marry him, which, by the way, I forgot to mention that they were secretly engaged and didn't tell the family before they got to the trailer park. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so Michael is basically uh, 
standing outside of his car. Caitlin's able to get into uh, Michael's car, lock all the doors. Michael's outside the car with a gun. Why does he not just blow the window open without hurting her? I don't know, but he just stands outside the car like an idiot screaming at her, get out of the car, get out of the car, get out of the car. Finally, he makes the realization like out loud that he's not going to get the money. His family's all dead. Um, and if she walks out of here alive, I'm going to jail for the rest of my life. So finally, we see him kind of just be done with it. Caitlin's having trouble uh, starting the car, which alludes to a scene earlier in the film where Michael had trouble starting his own car. But then, like an idiot, Michael gave her the trick, like the little trick that you need to do to start the car successfully because the car is broken. The ignition's broken. You have to do a certain thing to get the car to start. And like I said, like a moron, Michael showed her what it was earlier in the movie. So she remembers the trick. She does the trick, turns the car on, instantly hits the gas, runs over Michael. She, it looks like she's going to just drive away, but she, again, another smart decision. She decides to throw the car into reverse and make sure that Michael's gone for good. Cause he didn't die after the first run over. Um, he was basically on the ground with the gun still trying to get a hold of her. Like I said, she backs up, boom, Michael is now dead underneath the car, and she is basically – oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, she, Like I said, the entire family is dead. And, and this is the point in the movie where I'm like, where the fuck is Mama? Mama has been gone for like 40 minutes. She was this great character early on. And then she just disappears when the shit hits the fan. So obviously that's going to tell you where Mama lies in this whole thing. Because in the very next scene, as she's trying to, she's basically alone. She's got blood all over her. Another thing that bothered me about this movie is where the fuck was everybody? Like all of this was happening in the middle of the trailer park with trailers all around them. And no one comes out of their trailer. Like, no one turns on their light. No one comes out to see what all the commotion is. It's like they all are just like, nah, fuck it. I don't want to be a part of it, which, you know, kind of, kind of weird for the trailer park community because they look out for each other usually. So, like I said, at this point, she's walking away. She's by herself. We see the sun start to come up in the distance. So we start to think that the movie is over. But then suddenly, Mama shows up. Finally, after about 40 minutes of not being in the movie, she finally shows up and she puts a knife up to Caitlin's throat. And then we find out, oh, Mama was a part of this whole thing, too. Uh, and she is basically saying the exact same thing that Michael said. It's your fault. My entire family is dead, blah, blah, blah. Um, while this is all happening, Caitlin's father shows up. We, we never see him at any point in the movie until now. He shows up, and he's got a briefcase full of money with him, obviously, the ransom money for his daughter. But at this point, everybody's dead, and Mama has a knife up to Caitlin's throat. This is where we find out that this targeting was even more thought out than we even thought. As it turns out, Caitlin's father owns the factory that was shut down in this town that made everybody lose their job and made Michael's father, you know, commit suicide. So she's always, so mama has always had this animosity towards this man that she's probably never even met. 
So there you go. Mama must have come up with the plan, must have found out that the owner of the factory had a daughter, send, sent her young son, you know, to, to university to be with her, try to start a relationship, which he does. I mean, this movie actually is a lot more like Get Out than I actually was thinking about as we started this episode. It's the white version of Get Out. Go figure. Um, but anyway, um, so like I said, uh, he's got a briefcase of money. Uh, Mama's got a knife to Caitlin's throat. They go to make the trade. Um, obviously, Mama doesn't trust him, but she wants him to hand the briefcase over to her. He, she doesn't want him to put it on the floor and step away. She wants him to hand it to her. So when he goes to hand it to her, as soon as Mama lets go of Caitlin to grab the briefcase, Dad starts trying to pull the briefcase back from her, and the the, the shoving match kind of starts at this point. Mama and Caitlin's father are kind of struggling for the briefcase. Eventually, um, they both drop the briefcase and start kind of wrestling. Because don't forget, Mama still has a knife in her hand. Um, so they're wrestling on the ground. Caitlin, in her infinite wisdom, once again, I love this decision, picks up the briefcase filled with the money, basically screams at Mama to get her attention and says, do you really think that this is going to change your life? And then she dumps all the money into a burning bonfire in the middle of the town, a bonfire that they started at the beginning of the night for mummering day or mummering night, whatever. So at this point, Mama notices that the money is all burning in the fire, the money that she's lost her entire fucking family for. And she goes to the fire to tr Oh, and by the way, uh, right before she, right when she notices that the money is in the fire, she does eventually stab um, Caitlin's father in the midsection. It, I'm not sure if he actually dies, but he does go down, and it doesn't look like he's moving, so we can make the assumption that he's dead. Um, but Mama, Mama is so fixated with the money in the fire that she's not even realizing that her own clothes are now on fire. She's still trying to pull the money on the fire out of the fire while she's on fire. Eventually, she realizes, "Oh shit, I'm on fire!" But by that point, it's too late. She's completely engulfed in flame. She walks away. She she makes it like maybe three steps away from the bonfire and then falls over dead. And that's our movie, folks. That is Guess Who 2024, a film that could have been a fun slasher, and instead it just turns out to be a stupid kidnap and ransom plot that doesn't even fucking work and in no world ever would work. God. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes even less sense when you realize what the title has to do with the movie, because Guess Who could have implied who was the killer running around mummering nights flashing up the community. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of assumed that's what they were going for, too, with the title. But, yeah, there's just like I said, there's so much wasted potential in this movie. There is potential here. There is a great story somewhere in here to be found. It's just we didn't get it from this movie. Um, so, unfortunately, uh, maybe I don't know. Like Mike said, I couldn't find any reviews for this movie either. So I'm not sure what the public generally thinks about it, but. I can't imagine it's going to be ultra positive considering some of the reviews I've seen for other 2024 movies so far this year. I can't imagine this one's going to be, you know, greatly received by the community. Uh, and it's a Tubi original again, which automatically it's probably not Tubi going to be originals, very watched. 
Exactly. <laughs> like in the, it's not, yeah, in the first, because I don't think many people watch Tubi Originals to begin with, unless, like, there's a diamond in the rough that, like, gets word of mouth. So. Sure, you're like me, rank them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. People like us who watch everything we can get our hands on. Well, I mean, you know, specifically because, specifically because I released my best 2023 Tubi Originals list today, so I specifically rank them. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, so, and, and like I said, and plus, Tubi Originals don't have the best reputation anyway, so maybe when certain horror fans just hear Tubi Original, they're probably not going to go out of their way to watch the movie. Um so, yeah, there's that, too. But ultimately, in this case, I don't think this is a movie that needs to be seen by a lot of people. Um, it doesn't break the mold. It's not really giving us anything new other than setting up a, what could have been a cool slasher story, but then ending it with, like, some personal espionage garbage. So, yeah, there you go. What are you going to do? Which sucks, because I like the director's previous film, that werewolf film Bloodthirsty. Never saw it. It's really bad. Yeah, nice. it's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. All right. Well, that's going to do it uh, for Guess Who in this episode of Fresh Cuts. But uh, let's find out where else everyone can be heard if there's anything new where I do not doubt for one second better movies were covered and discussed. So, Venom, <laughs> anything, anything you've got new. I don't know about better so much as more fun, but yes, episode 22 of No More Room in Hell Presents Creature Comforts is now available. Uh, we dropped it on the site last night, so um, as you listen to this episode, episode 22 of Creature Comforts will be available, and on that one, we take a look at Rawhead Rex from 1986, uh, one of the early Clive Barker screenplays. Uh, to be put on celluloid. So like I said, I don't know if it's a better movie so much as it's a more fun movie because I, I don't think anybody can really say Rawhead Rex is objectively a good movie, but it, it does have its lovers. I am one of them, spoiler alert. So yeah, so check out that episode. It is available now. And um, unfortunately, the main show was postponed due to an unforeseen wedding which is something you don't get to say often, but uh, yeah. Uh, so hopefully, uh, as of right now, we, we are scheduled to record it this weekend. So fingers crossed, barring any more um, unforeseen circumstances, we'll finally have the main show out and, well, at, at least recorded and then out maybe sometime next week. And I won't say the movies that we're covering, but we are visiting Hammer Horror for, what, I think the second time on the main show. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. And the other great thing is our friend Don and Ellie from right here in Fresh Cuts is also going to be with us on that main show. So we are going to have the entire No More Room in Hell family together for that episode and uh, we have started the planning stages for episode 23 of Creature Comforts, but I'm going to keep that under my hat for now because we're not going to be recording that for, I would imagine, another another two to three weeks since um, uh, since the Rawhead Rex episode just came out. So that's it for me, folks. Back to you. All right. What do you got, Don? Uh, yeah, as mentioned, I've got uh, the latest Creature Comforts with um, Rawhead Rex, which was a lot of fun. Uh, my trip to the main show was indeed postponed, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it because uh, I so rarely get to talk about Hammer, which is one of my favorite subgenres in the 
you know, one of my favorite subgenres in total. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. The latest episode of the Horror Countdown is available. We have uh, a guest on that I uh, talked to in uh, Season 2, and uh, we looked at uh, Scariest Smiles, which uh, was a pretty fun one. Um, you know, some uh, off-the-wall and uh, some unusual choices were brought up. Um, yeah, it was a pretty fun time. So uh, go ahead and give that one a look. Uh, only other thing I have is, uh, you know, again, just a couple of film uh, guest appearances, uh, you know, uh, returning the favor kind of uh, appearances uh, were recorded and uh, just waiting release. So when those are out, I'll uh, promote them. But, uh, yeah, I guess just uh, Creature Comforts and uh, Power Countdown. All right. Uh, as far as I go, nothing new. Main show scheduled, like already mentioned. And, uh, yeah, working on some things, but nothing else as of yet. As far as the next episode of Fresh Cuts, I don't believe there's a, a theatrical release this week, unless I'm mistaken, or unless there's just independent stuff that I don't know of. Um, I don't think so. I don't see anything on my list. Yeah, there there will probably be new VOD stuff dropping this week that we can hopefully They're choose better. from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because yeah, if we're going another week with nothing actually new available, it's going to be really slim picking. So, um, yeah. Well. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's only Monday. We're recording on a Monday. So usually Tuesday's a bigger release day than Mondays. So uh, we'll see. We usually figure it out by the middle of the week. So. That'll get figured out, but uh, with that said, that's going to wrap up this episode. So at this point, I've got to say thanks thanks to the listeners for enduring, I guess, because ah. it hasn't been a pretty start to the year. But uh, I guess I can say if, if you've been listening to the last uh, four episodes, uh, hopefully it'll get more fun soon. But uh, that said, uh, let's say bye to our listeners. Later. We'll see you next week for 2024 stupid movie number five. Bye, folks. It's likely. Peace. (laughs)